بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبه نستعين وصل اللهم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته We begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Seeking his divine aid Seeking his assistance Whomsoever Allah azza wa jal guides None can misguide And whomsoever Allah azza wa jal misguides None can guide I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped Except Allah azza wa jal alone without any partner And I testify that Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Is his final prophet And messenger Brothers and Islam Today we gather inshallah to discuss a very very important and pertinent topic I believe this topic it affects each and every single Muslim and Muslimah to a certain degree and a certain extent and so many people are suffering as a result of these troubles and problems and the topic we've gathered to address today inshallah it is remedies from the Quran and the Sunnah for grief and sorrow. I mean, how many a person in today's age, in this modern world, suffer from this disease? And many people are suffering in silence. And they are seeking ways to remedy their problems. The problem of anxiety, the problem of depression, the problem of worry and the problem of grief. We know as Muslims, our religion, it is a holistic way of life. It gives us solutions to all of our problems, whether it be spiritual, whether it be physical, or whether it be psychological, subhanAllah. And in accordance with this meaning, Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, ma min da'in he said that there's not a single disease and ailment which people suffer from except that in the Quran its cure is mentioned. So the cure for all of our ailments and diseases it is found in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is found in the lifestyle and the sunnah of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam. But as Ibn al-Qayyim mentions alimahu man alimah Whosoever knows it, knows it And whosoever is ignorant of it, is ignorant of it So today inshallah we'd like to explore Some of these remedies Which is found in the book of Allah And found in the sunnah of the Prophet Which relate to alleviating The believer from grief, worry, anxiety and depression But before we get into our main topic of discussion we need to understand the reality of trials we need to understand the reality of trials and the life of this world that trials it differs from person to person and a person may be trialed by way of sorrow he may be trialed by way of grief he may be trialed by way of depression and he may be trialed by way of anxiety or he could be trialed by some form of loss with regards to his worldly matters and this is only as a result of his sins 
and these transgressions against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That as Muslims we believe that our sins, it has repercussions. And our sins, it has effects. Which we either experience in the dunya, or we face the repercussion of it if we don't make tawbah to Allah azza wa jal. We experience the repercussions of it in the akhirah. So Allah azza wa jal says in Surah Al-Rum verse 41, ظهر الفساد في البر والبحر بما كسبت أيدي الناس. That corruption and evil has spread في البر in the land والبحر and at sea بما كسبت أيدي الناس. The corruption has spread as a result of what man's hands has earned. So here we see the effects of sins. The effects of sins, it affects the earth of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It even affects the sea subhanallah. Another verse in Surah Al-Shura verse 30. Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِن مُسِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَيَعْفُ عَنْ كَثِيرٌ Allah Azza wa Jal says, and whatever misfortune befalls you, it is because of what your own hands has earned. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He pardons much. That if Allah Azza wa Jal was to take us to task for each and every single minor sin, and each and every single major sin we indulge in, then we would have been destroyed. But Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَيَعْفُوا أَنْ كَثِيرٌ But in this verse it makes mention that as a result of what our hands have earned, Misfortunes befall us And this is a punishment for Allah Azza wa Jal Or from Allah Azza wa Jal in the life of this world And this punishment In it is a silver lining That when a person faces a calamity or a trial What Allah Azza wa Jal wants from us During this calamity Is to return to him To repent to him And to seek his forgiveness And this is the first type of trial A Muslim can face it is a trial as a result of his sins. The second type of trial a believer can face is a trial when Allah Azza wa Jal, He exalts and He increases the ranks of the true believers. So this type of trial, the Muslim does not experience due to his sins. But he experiences it due to the fadl of Allah Azza wa Jal. Due to the virtue of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah Azza mercy upon him because by way of this trial Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he exalts and he increases your rank. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the hadith reported in Sunan Abi Dawud when Allah Azza wa has previously decreed for a servant a rank which has not attained by his action he afflicts him in his body or in his property, or in his children. So that he may, so that Allah Azza wa Jal may bring him to the rank previously decreed for him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we see that this trial which a believer faces, it is a mihna. It is a trial, but it is also a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah Azza wa Jal knew that if you were not trialed, then by way of your deeds, you will not achieve the rank which Allah Azza wa Jal wanted to give you in the Akhirah. And so Allah Azza wa Jal afflicts the Muslim. 
in his body or his property or his children and we ask Allah for afiyah wa salama so when a person fails to achieve this rank which was decreed for him by Allah because of his own shortcomings Allah puts him to trials and Allah elevates him by way of this trial just like the Prophet also affirmed that by way of trials when a believer faces trials it serves as an expiation for him of his sins that a Muslim when he experiences some form of calamity this calamity inshallah is an expiation for him of his sins the Prophet peace be upon him said in the hadith from Sahih Muslim a Muslim does not receive the pain of being pricked by a thorn or something more than that except that Allah elevates him in rank and he faces some of his sins because of that subhanallah so this is the way the believer he views trials with reflection and introspection a trial can either be as a result of a sin and that sin it requires you to return to Allah by way of tawbah and istighfar and if it is such that you are afflicted with a calamity because Allah wants to increase your rank and you have no shortcomings if you find people like this then you are patient in the face of that trial more than this each and every single human being whether it be Muslim or Kafir will go through trials and tests in the life of this world and this is the reality of the dunya for Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 155 to 157 Allah says Allah says and certainly and this lamb is the lamb of emphasis that certainly you will be tested with something in with some form even if it be a little form of fear hunger loss of wealth lives and fruits but Allah says give glad tidings to the patient ones those that when the calamity first strikes them what is their response why me why am I being tested why am I being trialed what did I do to deserve this La. the response is inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi Allah says Allah says these individuals they attain the salawat of Allah they attain the praise of Allah in the highest of gatherings Allah praises these individuals in the gatherings of the Malaika and upon them is the mercy of Allah and these individuals Allah has restricted guidance to specifically and so the stronger the person's Iman the greater his test will be for in the hadith reported by Musa ibn Sa'd he narrated from his father that a man came to the Prophet and he asked the following question which of the people is tried the most severely? Which of the people is tried the most severely? What did the Prophet say? He said, Ashaddu nas bala'an al-anbiya thumma al-amthal fal-amthal. 
the prophets did the most severely trial people was the Anbiya, the prophets and then the like of them and then the like of them meaning those who resemble them in Iman and Taqwa will be trialed according to the Iman and the Taqwa and then those like them and when we look at the lives of the prophets we find that this indeed is true that they were trialed they were trialed by way of the people they were mocked they were scoffed at they were physically harmed they faced loss of yani, family members they faced loss of wealth and they were trialed to such an extent that some of them said Mata Nasrullah when will the help of Allah Azawajal come? Allah said Ala inna Nasrullahi qareeb indeed the help and the victory of Allah Azawajal is close so the servant will be tested according his religion if he is firm in his religion the Prophet says then his trials are more severe and if he is frail in his religion, then he is tried according to his strength of his religion. And the servant shall continue to be tried until he is left walking upon the earth without any sin. Subhanallah. So this is the way the Muslim, he views suffering. That we look at people and we look at them when they're on their deathbeds. People who have reached yani, great levels of illnesses, such as stage 4 cancer. They are feeling pain and fever all over their body. And so a person might ask, why did Allah Azawajal cause the suffering? The greater the suffering, the greater the reward. The greater the suffering, the greater the expiation. So Allah Azawajal is wiping this person clean of his sins that he meets Allah Azawajal in the Akhirah with a clean slate. And this hadith is reported in Tirmidhi. So fitter and trials, they come in numerous forms. When we think of trials, we only think of loss of wealth. And when we think of trials, we think of loss of yani, those things which is beloved to us, our children and our homes. But trials can also come in the form of sickness, in the form of danger, and in the form of fear of enemies. So when you experience a trial, if you are still firm upon the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you are firm upon the worship of Allah azawajal, then this is a bushra for you because you have not been trialed with regards to your deen you have not been trialed with regards to your deen but as for those who have yani the marad the marad of nifaq the marad of hypocrisy in their hearts they abandon the religion when they are put through trials. They abandon the religion when they are put through trials. And Allah says about this, There is individuals who worship Allah Azawajal as if they were upon the edge. If they are given something good, they are happy with this good. But if they are touched with some form of evil, then they turn back on the heels. So when trials get tough, people fall into depression and they fall into anxiety and other mental illnesses. And depression, anxiety and worry, it has a great effect on the life of a human being and the life of a Muslim because it changes the outlook of the person. 
it impacts his personal life, his relationship with his wife, his relationship with his children, the mother's relationship with her children, the mother's relationship with her husband, and so on. It affects their social behavior. They become antisocial. And it affects their performance and their quality of life. And in other religions, there is no remedy for the ailment and the disease of depression. And many people are suffering, and are suffering in silence, and are unable to cope with the situations. For other religions to simply not offer a solution. So when people feel empty, when people feel empty, what do they turn to? They turn to fornication. They turn to drugs. They turn to every single path which displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is only at-tala'ubu shaytan ma'ahum. This is only as a result of the playing of shaytan with them. Allah Azawajal says about this, إِنَّمَا النَّجْوَى مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ لِيَحْزُنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَلَيْسَ بِدَارِهِمْ شَيْئًا إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ Allah says in this verse, Allah says, secret counsels, it is only as a result of shaytan. Secret counsels and conspiracies, it is only as a result of shaytan. Why does he do this? What is his goal behind this? To cause grief and sorrow to those who believe. So depression, anxiety, worry, it is from the handiwork of shaitan. And yes, not an expert upon this topic, it can be as a result of an imbalance in the person's brain. But usually it stems from shaitan and his handiwork. Because these secret counsels, it is only as a result of shaitan and it does this to cause grief to those who believe. To cause grief to those who believe. So people are suffering and they are going down the slippery slope. They turn to drugs, they turn to fornication, they turn to alcoholism and this does not solve the problem. It only throws them deeper down in the stock hole. To such an extent, that Allah Musta'an, the outcome of this is many people commit suicide and they take their lives. And this even happens to Muslims. And it's becoming more common in our time. We ask Allah Azawajal for Afiya wa salama. So since shaitan is our enemy, and Allah Azawajal has made this clear, and he loves us to be yani sad. In Islam, when we are faced with difficulties, we are taught to seek Allah Azawajal's help through patience and prayers. And this is the power of our salah. Allah Azawajal says, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِئِينَ Allah says, seek the help of Allah Azawajal by way of patience and the prayer. So a person can be forbearing and patient, but he lacks the prayer. He will not attain the help of Allah Azawajal. A person who combines between the prayer and patience, this is the person who will come out of this calamity and difficulty victorious. So Allah Azawajal commanded us 
to oppose our enemy. And how do we do this? Through a salah. Allah also told us that in our deen, there is a coping mechanism. Allah said, الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَتَطْمَئِنُّ كُلُوبُهُمْ بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْكُلُوبُ In Surah Al-Ra'd, verse 28, Allah said, and this shows us that within insan, there is a void that no matter how much people seek to fill this void through fame, through fortune, through success, etc., etc., this void will never ever be filled except by the remembrance of Allah. Allah says, Alladina amanu, those who have believed and whose hearts find rest in the remembrance of Allah, verily in the remembrance of Allah Azawajal, to hearts find rest. So we're living this reality. Today we find that many people who we deem to be successful on the outside, they have everything which we deem to be success. They have beauty, they have wealth, they have progeny, they have money, they have homes, they have cars. Why do so many of them end up committing suicide? That is because on the inside they are empty and they are searching for fulfillment. But this fulfillment will only be achieved by remembering Allah Azza wa Jal. Another coping mechanism is the obligatory and optional salah and the remembrance of Allah Azza wa Jal. And making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and having real reliance upon Allah. True reliance upon Allah. Allah says, whomsoever relies upon Allah as they ought to rely upon Allah, Allah will suffice them. Yani Allah Azza wa Jal will be Al-Kafi to them. Allah Azza wa Jal is Al-Kafi, the one who suffices. But Allah Azza wa Jal will suffice this servant who possesses this attribute. Allah will suffice him with regards to all of his affairs. And if Allah Azza wa Jal suffices you, who can stand in your way? Not shaitan, not the jinn, and not the ins. Certainly not man. So these are some of the coping mechanisms which Allah Azza wa has granted us when we face difficulties and calamities. And the Prophet والسلام, and the last part of our talk will be dedicated to this, has given us many divine supplications to cope specifically with depression and anxiety. Whoever knows it, knows it, and whoever is ignorant of it, is ignorant of it. And the Prophet والسلام, was given something which no prophet was given before him and that was jawami'ul kalim he was given concise speech speech which in wording it is few but the meanings are extremely profound so when we look at the supplication of the prophet it is straight into the point in opposition to the innovated supplications and the innovated remembrances which contains many words yani and the meanings are not as profound. The supplication of the Prophet also that many scholars have written great explanations upon them because of its comprehensive and vast meanings. So before we look at the remedy, we want to look at the definition of Al-Ham, Al-Hazan and Al-Ghum. For Ibn Al-Qayyim said in his book Al-Fawaid, he said that there are three passive feelings that affect the heart. There are three passive feelings that affect the heart. The first being Alham. 
The second being Al-Hazan And the third being Al-Ghum So how do we define this? If it is something which relates to the past And it causes you sorrow and distress Then it is called Al-Hazan So any matter A calamity which you face in the past Which causes you sorrow and distress Then this is called Al-Hazan It is called Al-Hazan Secondly, if it is related to the future and it causes you anxiety, an upcoming event or a social gathering or something that distresses you, then this is called al-hazan. So al-hazan relates to future events and this is where anxiety comes into effect. This relates to yani anxiety and worry. And the third passive feeling of the heart that affects the heart if it is related to the present, a loss that you experience in the present moment, like the loss of a loved one, or you have some type of loss in business, then this is what is referred to as Al-Ghum. So these three passive feelings, it affects the heart in a negative way. It affects the heart in a negative way. So we find specifically in the supplication of the Prophet found in Sahih al-Bukhari is that he sought refuge specifically from Al-Hazan and Ghum. The Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam said Allahumma inni ya'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan Oh Allah I seek refuge and safety with you from ham which is grief in the present moment and hazan hazan yani being the stresses of the past this is what the Prophet supplicated and made dua for protection of. Type. And so here we see that the Prophet gave specific remedies with regards to depression and anxiety. Subhanallah. And so these three feelings it affects yani, the believer in, in a negative way. And this is how Shaitan gets a hold over a believer. He enters onto the believer by way of his heart and he comes through the avenues of sadness, grief and worry. So what do all of these concerns go back to? The concern of ham, ram and hazan. Yani distress, sorrow and anxiety. It goes back to the mother of all sufferings. And the mother of all sufferings, it is the dunya. The mother of all sufferings is the dunya. If you look at a person's anxiety, is his anxiety really about the akhirah and his meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Which should be the case. But majority of our anxieties, it relates to the worldly life. Majority of our depression, it revolves around the worldly life. For some type of loss we experience, the loss of a loved one, some type of loss which we experience in business, etc. So the past, the present and the future, depression, the restrictiveness of the chest and the restlessness that people experience, it all comes, a, comes about as a result of an unwanted guest. And this unwanted guest is not something that we can see. It is depression. And people will live amongst us and they will suffer from depression and they will suffer in silence. Wallah musta'an. 
Another reason which gives rise to this is Today we see that many people On the apparent they live lives of bliss And when we look at their lives We do mukarana We compare our lives And we compare our wives And we compare our houses and our children to them And this yani causes a person to become depressed But as we mentioned previously That when you actually dig deep not spy, but you dig deep and you come to know the reality of the, the lives of these individuals, you'll find that their life is not what it seems on the outside. That many of them themselves, they suffer from depression and they suffer from anxiety. The second reason why we find that anxiety and depression has become more common today, it is due to the luxuries which we experience. That today, Homes and cars, which was previously unattainable for previous generations. Maybe our grandfathers and great-grandfathers. Today, these homes and cars is seen as necessities. And each and every single person is vying with each other to attain this and to gain it. But despite us experiencing these blessings and having it firsthand, we still find that we are unhappy. We still find that we are sad and we still find that we are not contented. And we look at our forefathers and we did not see this amount of distress in their lives because they were people of action. They were people who lived patience. They were people who lived perseverance and they were people who yani, were conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even today, when you come to the masajid for Fajr, who do you find in the masajid? You find Uncle Qasim, mashallah. You find Uncle Shafi. You find Yani Uncle Muhammad. You find the elderly in the masajid. Where are the young people? Their concern is the life of this world. Wallahumma sta'an. And the reality of the life of this world is, as the Prophet said, is that the dunya is mal'una. The dunya, it is cursed. Mal'unatun ma fiha. And everything in it is cursed. Illa dhikrullah wa ma wala. Except the remembrance of Allah and that which gives rise to the remembrance of Allah. So today we find that our concern has become the dunya. We need to have good jobs. We need to have a house in this area. We need to drive this car. Our kids need to go to these schools. We need to shopping at these grocers. And if that is unattainable, we find ourselves yani, depressed and yani, sad. So the early generations did not have yani, these challenges which is so common today. Mental illness and mental disorders. What is this due to? It was a result of them being simplistic and focusing all of their efforts upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the reality of the life of this world, we say that it, it is a place where we will be tested. And it is a place where we will be trialed. And it is a place where we will experience some form of trial. So what will the first statement be of the people of Jannah? What will the first statement be of the people of Jannah? When they are admitted to Jannah. As Allah Azza wa Jal says in Surah Al-Fatir, verse 34. Allah says, 
وقالوا الحمد لله الذي اذهب عنا الحزن the first statement of the people of jannah when they admitted into paradise may allah make us from amongst them amen is that they will say all praises belongs to allah the one who has removed from us all grief subhanallah the jannah there will be no fear and there will be no grief upon the believers but this is jannah this is jannah we want to live our jannah in this world and so we seek out each and every single pleasure and we try to make our life so comfortable that we are actually experiencing our jannah in the life of this world that when we face some type of trial with regards to our positions we get depressed but the true reality is that paradise is the place of eternal rest and the place of true happiness the place of true happiness so these are some of the reasons why people today are suffering from depression and there are also religious reasons there are also religious reasons why people suffer from anxiety and depression and the first is due to the slave's lack of knowledge of his lord due to the slave's lack of knowledge of his lord and this comes down to correct belief because allah azza wa jalla promised us and he said man amila salihan min dhakarin aw untha wa huwa mu'minun falanuhyiyannahu hayatan tayyiba allah said who ever worked righteousness from males and females with the condition that they are believers allah said falanuhyiyannahu hayatan tayyiba allah said we will give them a life which is pure and wholesome a happy life and we'll compensate them in the akhirah better than the deeds which they used to do so this goes back to the matter of iman if your iman is correct and you possess the correct aqeedah then naturally you should be able to lead a happy life why because when the calamities come you put the calamities in its place and in its context like we previously mentioned how a believer views trials and tribulations so this is one of the reasons why people they suffer from distress and anxiety it is due to their lack of knowledge of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah says wa ma qadru allah haqqa qadrihi that they have not given allah azza wa jalla a just estimate that when they are afflicted with the trial they have bad thoughts of allah but if they viewed the trial from the perspective of a believer they would have seen the great outcome so lack of knowledge of allah azza wa jalla also goes back to lack of knowing allah through his names and his attributes as well as humbling ourselves in front of allah and having husnul dhan billah because allah azza wa jalla treats his servant as his servant deems allah allah says i am as i am i am with my servant as he deems me so understanding who allah azza wa jalla is and why allah azza wa jalla placed us in this world and what the reality of this world is yani will rid us of our anxiety and depression just like also another reason a religious reason why people fall into depression it is due to the lack of remembrance of allah and we mentioned this previously the verse in surah al-ra'd verse 28 that allah azza wa jalla has lifted such that only in his remembrance 
will peace be found in no other avenue, no matter how much we seek it out. Another reason is due to the lack of beseeching Allah. That for each and every single ailment, whether it be physical or psychological, each and every single ailment which we experience, Allah Azza wa Jal has provided a cure for it. And He has provided a cure for our suffering and our distresses. Allah says, وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah says, and we have revealed in this Qur'an that wherein there is a shifa and a mercy for the believers. But here we have to stop and look at the meaning of shifa. Because you get dawa, you get a remedy and a medication, and you get a shifa. And a shifa is a cure. And a dawa is a medicine or a remedy. A person takes a medicine, two people have the same illness. They take the same medication. One is healed, the other is not. This is the reality of medication. But as for a shifa, a shifa is a cure. And if you use a shifa, which is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah Azza wa Jalla has promised that He will cure the believers. Allah Azza wa Jalla has promised that He will cure the believers by way of this. And for this reason, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah mentioned that there is not a single disease except that the remedy for this disease it is found in the Qur'an. And this is one of the great coping mechanisms for a believer. It is the book of Allah. Reciting it. Reflecting upon its meanings and implementing it. And also intending by way of his recitation or her recitation, intending ruqya. Intending, yani, to cure themselves by way of the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are three reasons, yani, why people face distress, anxiety and sorrow. So now we've given, we've given the da. We've listed the disease and the causes and the reasons why people fall into this. But we also want to give the remedy. We also want to give the remedy. And we mentioned that the remedy, it is found in the Quran and the Sunnah. And we mentioned some of this previously. But then inshallah we look specifically at some of the supplications of the Prophet which he taught this Ummah and he empowered this Ummah with to rid themselves of grief and sorrow and the first of this is found in the story of Nabi Yunus when Nabi Yunus was in the belly of the well and he was under three layers of darkness as Ibn Abbas and Ibn Mas'ud mentioned that Allah says, فَنَادَى فِي الظُّلُمَاتِ That at that moment of time, Nabi Yunus, when he was swallowed by the whale, he called out, not in dhulmatun, but nada fi dhulumat. He called out in the layers of darkness. For he was under the darkness of the whale's belly. He was under the darkness of the sea and the darkness of the night. Three layers of darkness. And only Allah Azza wa Jal knows his level of distress at that particular moment. But what did Nabi Yunus do? He called out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And Allah Azza wa Jal said about him, فَلَوْلَا أَنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُسَبِّحِينَ لَلَبِثَ فِي بَطْنِي لَلَبِثَ فِي بَطْنِي إِلَى يَوْمِ يُبْعَثُونَ That if Nabi Yunus had not been from amongst those who had glorified and praised Allah Azza wa Jal, he would have remained in the whale's belly up until the day of resurrection. So what dua did Nabi Yunus make? Allah Azza wa Jal said, at that moment of time, he made a dua and he called out to Allah Azza wa Jal, La ilaha illa ant, subhanak, inni kuntu min al-dhalimin. Subhanallah. He said, none has the right to be worshipped except you. Affirming Allah Azza wa Jal's divine right to be worshipped. And he said, inni, afwan firstly, subhanak, glory be to you, exalted are you of any imperfection. And every form of imperfection which the creation attributed to you, you are exonerated from that. Indeed, I am from amongst the wrongdoers. I oppress myself. So in the story, one learns many wisdoms and benefits when invoking Allah Azza wa Jal in dua. Where Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned, when He cried out to us through the darkness of the night, saying, La ilaha illa ant. Subhanak inni kuntu min al-dhalimin That la ilaha ila ant None has the right to be worshipped except you Glorified and exalted are you Indeed I am from amongst the dhalimin So what does this dua contain? This dua contains Affirmation of correct belief It contains affirmation Of tawheed Firstly He affirmed worship for Allah alone La ilaha ila ant None has the right to be worshipped Except you and this shows us how we should deal with trials and tribulations when they come our way. That we should reconnect ourselves to Allah and reaffirm His worship. For Nabi Yunus said, none has the right to be worshipped except you, O Allah. Secondly, it also affirms Allah Azza wa Jal's perfection. Subhanak. Glory be to you, meaning, free are you of any imperfection, whilst perfection is only established for you. And this is meant by Subhanak. And thirdly, he acknowledged his sins. He acknowledged his weak state and he acknowledged his sins. So Ibn Uqayyim rahimahullah says about this dua, as for the dua of the noon, Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam, in it there is an affirmation of complete worship for Allah alone and negating from him every type of imperfection and weakness. And the admission of the slave of his sins and mistakes. And he says that this formula, it is the best medicine during affliction. That this formula, it is the best medicine during affliction, anxiety and grief. And it is the best means of reaching out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we go through a calamity, we need, we need to know how to deal with the calamity. Firstly, reaffirm our connection and the worship of Allah. Secondly, praise Allah by way of His perfect names and perfect attributes. And then acknowledge your feebleness and your weakness in front of, in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you do this, Allah azza wa jalla will alleviate you of your difficulty. And this promise is repeated in the words of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam. 
about this profound dua. For the Prophet said in the hadith reported in Tirmidhi, the supplication of the noon, which is Yunus when he supplicated while in the belly of the whale, which was, none has the right to be worshipped except you, glory to you indeed I have from the transgressors. The Prophet said so indeed, no Muslim supplicates with it for anything ever except that Allah Azawajal responds to him. So Nabi Yunus والسلام, was under three layers of darkness. When a person suffers from depression, he finds himself in a dark space. A dark space which only Allah Azawajal knows the true reality of. But Allah Azawajal saved Nabi Yunus by way of this dua. Surely Allah Azawajal can alleviate us and whoever is suffering from grief and anxiety. The second supplication of the Prophet we like to look at is the supplication which Aisha anha taught us. And she said that the Prophet used to gather his family members and he used to say, if any one of you is afflicted with sorrow or distress, let him say, Allah, Allah, Rabbi, la ushriku bihi shay'an. Say, Allah, Allah, Rabbi, la ushriku bihi shay'an. So firstly, let's look at the tarbiyah of the Prophet He is yani, teaching his family how to deal with emotional states. And for this reason, today people talk about the emotional intelligence of the Prophet this is something which came intrinsically with the coming of the Prophet. Why? Because Allah said, or rather the Prophet said, Inna mu'alliman. He said, I was only sent as a teacher. So the Prophet taught us each and every single matter we require, even how to deal with our emotions. So the Prophet used to gather his family members and he used to say, if anyone is afflicted by sorrow or distress, let him say the following words, Allah, Allah. He repeats the Lafdul Jalala. And this is a time where it is mashru'. It is prescribed. Sometimes people mention the name of Allah and they repeat it. This type of dhikr is not a dhikr which is prescribed. To alleviate your distress, say Allah 1000 times. For example, whenever we find that the name of Allah Azawajal is used more than this, then that's a sign that it's not authentic. So in this hadith, the Prophet affirmed us to repeat the name of Allah. Why? Allah, Allah. And Allah Azawajal, as some of the scholars say, it is Allah's greatest name. For all of the names of Allah Azawajal goes back to His proper name, Allah. Allah said, Allahu la ilaha illahu lahu al-asma'ul husna. Allah, there is no deity worthy of worship except Him. To Him belongs the most beautiful names. So all of the names of Allah Azawajal goes back to his name, Allah. And this is Lafzul Jalala, Al-Ma'bul Bihaq, the one who is truly deserved of worship. So the Prophet said, repeat this name. Why is to find solace in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? To find solace in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And happiness by remembering his name and beseeching him through his majesty and his greatness and reaffirming his Tawheed. For indeed, the name Allah is a comprehensive name, inclusive of all of his lofty names and his perfect attributes. The Prophet then said, Allah, Allah, Rabbi, 
in this, he also affirmed the Rububiyya of Allah, which is Allah's Lordship, that Allah truly is in control, that Allah Azawajal is the one who benefits and harms, He is the one who gives and He is the one who withholds. So the Prophet is yani, reaffirming the Lordship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he expresses Tawheed in a perfect manner and he says, La ushrik bihi shay'a. I worship Allah, my Rabb, and I do not ascribe any partners with Him in worship. I do not ascribe any partners with Him in worship. And by acknowledging this, it removes worry and it removes distress, sorrow and hardship and the restrictiveness of the chest. Only if the statement is said with sincerity. So this doesn't just mean utter the statement whilst you're in a difficulty. But Allah certainly can respond. It means that show your sincerity to the statement by way of your deeds. So worship Allah and make this dua. Allah will relieve you of your distress. And so this is a tremendous hadith having a great significance. And one should make it his habit to seek Allah's aid and help in times of adversity by way of this dua. The next dua the Prophet taught us, and there are many du'as, and time does not allow us to go into all of these du'as. We simply want to introduce you to these du'as, and we want people to know that there is application which people can use when they are experiencing anxiety and depression. It is a supplication which I personally, of course we all believe in the words of the Prophet but I personally vouch for the supplication. For I use it in my own personal life. And I saw the effects thereof. The Prophet said in the hadith narrated by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud that the Prophet peace be upon him said no person when stricken with anxiety or sorrow look at the Prophet is mentioning yani ham and hazan a person is not afflicted with any form of anxiety meaning anything which gives him distress with regards to the future or any matter which gives him hazan, sorrow and we said sorrow is something which occurred in the, the past except that when he says this there is an outcome the following dua the Prophet taught us Allahumma inni abduka wabnu abdika wabnu amatika nasiyati biyadik maadin fiya hukmuk adlun fiya qadauk as'aluka bi kulli ismin huwa lak samayta bihi nafsak aw anzaltahu fi kitabik aw allamtahu ahadan min khalqik aw istatharta bihi fi ilmi al-ghaybi indak an taj'ala al-qur'ana rabi'a qalbi wa nura sadri wa jala'a huzni wa dhihaba ghammi so what does this dua mean? it means oh Allah I am your servant son of your servant son of your maidservant meaning my mother is your servant my forelock is in your hand you control me however you wish your command over me is forever executed and your decree over me is just so if Allah put you in a situation that is due to his justice and his wisdom and then the Prophet said I ask you by each and every single name belonging to you which you have named yourself with or 
you have revealed in your book, or you have taught one of your creation, or you have preserved this name in the knowledge of the unseen with you. So this hadith firstly proves that the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not limited to 99. Because the Prophet said, Oh, istatharta, all that which you have preserved in the knowledge of the unseen with you. And the knowledge of the unseen is only that which Allah possesses. So this means that Allah's name is not limited to 99. But the Prophet said, I ask you by each and every single name, you have named yourself with. And then the Prophet said, that you make the Qur'an the spring and the light of my heart and Nura Sadri and you make the Qur'an the light of my chest and you make the Qur'an a departure for my sorrow and a release for my anxiety so no person utters this dua except that Allah Azza will remove his anxiety and his sorrow and replace him with comfort and happiness Upon hearing this, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, the companions of the Prophet when they heard this, the companions asked, O Messenger of Allah, should we not then learn this supplication? The Prophet said, yes, whoever hears this supplication should memorize it. Because it is like a, a weapon in the artillery of a believer. It's like a weapon in the artillery of a believer. That when he faces some form of distress and anxiety, he doesn't become weighed down by that anxiety. But rather he knows he has a Rabb who is Karim, who is generous, and a Rabb who is all hearing and all seeing, and knows his condition. And when he makes dua, he chooses dua which suits that particular need which he has. Taib. So in this supplication, the Prophet also be mentioned. That Allah Azawajal makes the Qur'an the spring of his heart. And here, the Prophet did not mention any other season. And the scholars mention why? Because only the season of spring has specifically been mentioned because a person's heart feels relaxed in this season more than any other season. And he's inclined towards the season. He becomes more active and is filled with happiness and joy. Anxiety, sorry, this sorry, distress, hovers over a person like harsh winters. And when all that which was causing him distress and anxiety is removed, the heart becomes rejuvenated and happy. The heart becomes rejuvenated and happy. Just like our life fully blooms in the spring season after the harsh winter. So look at the words of the Prophet. He asked Allah Azawajal to make the Quran the spring of his heart. Because after Winter comes spring and this is when life blooms. So through this dua, a person is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make his heart inclined towards the Qur'an. To feel relaxed by his recitation and desiring to ponder over its meanings and to implement it. And this we see the powerful healing nature of the Qur'an. And this we see that Allah musta'an, many people who do not use the deen of al-Islam as a remedy and a cure for their challenges, they turn to other means. And this means takes them further into the despair and the misery. To such an extent that a person goes through a difficult challenge and he listens to music 
and he finds solace in this music to such an extent that he says after reflecting over this difficulty the person says that this song helped me through a very difficult patch in my life so the person's difficulty has been relieved but this person has fell into a major abomination because he has given a song something as trivial as a song he's given it the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he's found solace in other than the deen of Allah so this we see that the Quran it is the source of happiness and it is a cure and a means of relieving anxiety sorry and distress another teaching of the Prophet which he taught us and I think we're going to end on this point is that the Prophet taught us that whoever comes across a person suffering a calamity and he says when he sees the person in a calamity he says this word silently he says Alhamdulillahilladhi afani mimma abtalaka wa faddalani ala kathirin mimman khalaq tafdila that the person sees a person who is extremely ill he is bedridden or a person who has reached the level of insanity or a person who is facing some form of grief and the person makes the following dua he says Alhamdulillahilladhi afani all praise belongs to Allah the one who granted me afia the one who protected me from what this person is experiencing mimma abtalaka bihi which Allah Azza wa has trialed you with and of course you don't say it to the person's face you say it silently وَفَضَّلَنِي and he has favored me over much of his creation the Prophet said that whosoever says this silently Allah Azza wa will not afflict this person with that calamity subhanallah whether this calamity be physical or whether it be psychological the person will not be trialed with this calamity he will be kept safe from that particular calamity so the types of bala which a believer faces and this is something very important to understand because people when they are trialed with depression and anxiety they don't see and don't put it in the correct context so any trial which a believer faces which is a trial which does not affect his religion then this trial is not is seen to be a trial but is not a major trial it can be a severe trial but it's not a major trial why? because trials are of two types firstly affliction of the self and affliction of the self can mean loss of wealth loss of loved ones some form of loss of health hunger, fear or any type of any psychological loss or affliction this is what Allah Azza mentioned to us in Surah Al-Baqarah and this is the first type of bala a person can face Taib. the second type of loss a person can face it is with regards to his religion and if you are trial with regards to your religion and this trial causes you to leave your religion then this trial is the greatest form of trial a believer can face and this type of trial includes being afflicted by shirk and being afflicted by innovations in one's religion or belittling the sunnah of the Prophet or getting confused even after knowing the correct path 
just like having doubts about the religion or chasing one's desires. That this fitan is considered to be greater fitan than the fitans which you experience with regards to your own personal self. So what does this mean? This means that if Allah Azawajal place you in a difficulty, and this difficulty is not in relation to your religion, then know that you have not been severely trialed. So this means that you can work through this trial. This means that Allah Azawajal brought you to this trial, and by way of this trial, it is either He's testing you because of your sins, or He's testing you to exalt your rank. So you put it in the correct context, and you believe that after this difficulty comes ease. Inna ma'al usri yusra. Inna ma'al usri yusra. So these applications which we went over, and there's many other applications we want to do revise. It teaches us that Islam is a coping mechanism, and Islam it is a holistic way of life. That it even gives us the tools to deal with psychological illnesses such as depression and anxiety and how many are the people who suffer from depression and anxiety today and as time progresses it is only increasing and people are looking for answers and they are looking for solutions but no O Muslim no O Muslim brother and Muslim sister that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for each and every single disease he has created he has also provided its cure. As Ibn al-Qayyim said, that there's not a single disease except that its cure is mentioned in the Quran. Whoever knows it, knows it, and whoever is ignorant of it, is ignorant of it. So we hope that this, inshallah, gave us some insight into the coping mechanisms which Islam gives us as a means to cope with the trials which we face with regards to our worldly lives. And we see that the Prophet used specific supplications to alleviate his own grief and he taught this to his Ummah. So whomsoever knows this, knows it, and whomsoever is ignorant of it, is ignorant of it. But what is upon us as teachers and fathers and mothers, it is to equip our children and our loved ones with these supplications. So today, inshallah, this perhaps just merely served as an introduction to this topic and there is a beautiful book that somebody actually comp- compiled with regards to the remedies from the supplications of the Prophet with regards to grief and sorrow and whosoever wants the book inshallah it's in PDF form I will forward it to them and they can benefit from this inshallah by implementing it in their lives and teaching it to others so we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects us from all calamities that which is open and that which is secret secret and that he subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't trial us with the calamity greater than that we can bear and he doesn't trial us with regard to calamities in our religion and that when we are faced with calamities we put this calamity in its correct light we submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we return to him and we implore him subhanahu wa ta'ala to alleviate from us our grief and our sorrow and our difficult situations amin ya rabbal alameen نكتفي بهذا سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك وجزاكم الله خيرا والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته